T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. It's February 13th, 2022. I'm Blois Olson, and this is The Sunday Take. We are five or six weeks into the year of an election year for a governor. We are a month away from Jacob Fry and a new city council being sworn in. This coming week, we'll have redistricting, which will shake the Yahtzee dice a little harder, roll them out, likely to see more legislative retirements. The legislature keeps churning along, but they're getting stuck on some key issues on unemployment insurance, uh, refund, repayment, as well as frontline worker bonus pay. That's the legislature. In the cities, we had our second teenage boy killed outside of school in 10 days. And we're still dealing with the death and killing of Amir Locke by police. Last week, my take was there's got to be a better way. I don't know how this week's going to shape up going forward, but I can tell you that we have to do better in our conversations because we're clearly not having the right one. What's the conversation we should be having? How do we do it? The Star Tribune on Friday put their new editor on the front page and put the killing of Deshaun Hill on B5. Have we become so desensitized? That's not the Minnesota I know. That's not the Minnesota I grew up in. And it's not necessarily the Minnesota I want to live in. So changes in the air in 2022. We'll talk to the new forward party. We'll talk to Tad Jude, a Republican running for attorney general. And we'll talk to Latricia Vita, city councilor from the north side of Minneapolis. What's the solution she thinks they need? When it's Sunday at 9, it's Sunday Take. And I'm Blois Olson. We'll be right back. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. 
You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. You know, first uh, thing we're going to talk about here on Sunday Take this week uh, is a new political party that announced its presence in Minnesota this week. And it kind of all came about kind of fast. But I know that when you launch a political party or a new effort or a new campaign, there was probably some work going into it for months uh, ahead of time. The new party is called the Forward Party of Minnesota. It's connected to Andrew Yang's National Forward Party. Uh, And joining me now uh, is Jeff Denny. He's one of the big organizers over there. Thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me, boys. So why now? Why the Forward Party? Why Minnesota would be the second state that the party would launch in? Uh, Well... First off, we're, we're probably the first state that the forward party is launching in as far as an actual state party who's in running candidates. So um, as far as I understand it and as far as Andrew tells me, we are the first state party. And obviously that's because Minnesota is very fertile ground for this kind of thing, not just because of our election laws and uh, ballot access, which you know is much harder in other states, but also just because we have a great history of independent success in this state. So you look at the governing principles and I'll just start there because I think, you know, I've, you know, I launched the first newsletter in 1998 when Jesse Ventura got elected. I've said there's a lane for a third party or independent candidate uh, in the governor's race this year. Uh, You have six principles listed on the website, effective and modern government, fact-based government, human-centered capitalism, ranked choice voting, cash relief, and grace and tolerance. I'll, I'll go to grace and tolerance first. I think we all need some more of that. So uh, kudos to that principle. Um, Andrew Yang was obviously, you know, on the stage in the presidential race. He ran for mayor, did it on this idea of, um, you know, kind of some guaranteed income platform. Is that one of the big first foremost things is guaranteed income or cash relief or however you frame it here in Minnesota? Well, actually, I'll start off with grace and tolerance since since you did as well. And I would say that that's probably the biggest thing that we're going to need uh, in this country and, and in this party to get things going. Um, I think Andrew did a really good job of displaying that throughout his presidential campaign, uh, which is how he built it from absolutely nothing and being really a, a non-political entity into a $48 million presidential campaign um, with being able to, you know, court people on both sides of the aisle, uh, the Trump voters and um Everyone else on the right were, you know, not offended by Yang in the same way that a lot of the other Democratic presidential candidates were. So we'll start with that. As far as universal basic income, you know, you'll notice in the way that it's worded there on the website, it's fairly broad. We talk about cash relief and cash relief policies such as the child tax credit um, and some of the work that that did for alleviating child poverty in this country and really just these cash options uh, 
we're seeing a lot, you know, Melvin Carter in St. Paul doing a pilot program for UBI. We're seeing a lot of movement on this as a, an alternative to our current war on poverty policies that, uh, you know, become very bureaucratic and bloated and um, do not effectively tackle poverty. As, as you know, it is a, a failed situation. Um, we don't have anyone. We've got very few people uh, getting out of poverty when and under the current um, policies. John Denny is my guest. He's uh, the state lead for the Forward Party of Minnesota. Uh, so obviously, you know, launching a political party, you're going to need some candidates. Uh, is this about running for governor? Is this about a slate? Uh, any names you want to share about people who have uh, signed up already, thinking about signing up or are part of this movement? Well, you know, you, you printed a, f- a couple of names this, this I morning. I did. And uh, I can speak to that. Obviously, I ran Richard Painter's 2018 Senate campaign. And, um, you know, I, I, won't, I have a personal relationship with him. And I have been for the last six months encouraging him to enter into the attorney general race against Keith Ellison. Okay. I believe uh, that that is the uh, most uh, looked at nationally as far as attorney general. Um, you have Keith Ellison, who's a national figure. We have uh, law and order being the issue here in Minnesota. And really nationally, that is going to be a big issue uh, going forward. And, and we're at the center of it. So I think that Richard Painter and his uh, credentials as an attorney, you know, you can say what you will about him politically, but his credentials as attorney talking to any firms in Minnesota or anyone else is expert witnessing all the time. You know, this guy is, uh, he cannot be impeached on that front. So he would come into that race as a heavyweight, twice the digital media reach as any of the other candidates and um, significant impact there. So I'm openly encouraging and recruiting him to get into that race. And obviously I've also spoken with Corey Hepla. Got it. Well, I don't know that I, that's obvious. I'd heard it, but uh, thank you for confirming. Corey Heppel, obviously a colleague uh, at WCCO Radio. Uh, he floated it himself uh, earlier this week. I had heard it for a number of weeks that he was looking at. So we'll stay tuned on that front. And uh, I've saved my take on uh, a Heppel candidacy for another day. Uh, Obviously, it's complicated when you work with somebody and they're thinking about running for office and you're the political analyst for the station he currently works for. So I will I will just take a deep breath and we'll wait and see where he goes or what happens with the forward party. Um, you know, one of the big things about third parties and, you know, it, I don't necessarily buy it right out of the gate. But it will be talked about by activists. It'll be talked about by candidates. It'll come up in polls. Is that third parties are spoilers for one side or the other. When you look at the fact that Andrew Yang ran for president as a Democrat, then he started this forward party. Is the party more left leaning, more right leaning? Does it aim to be down the middle um, with only six principles and no platform to really go to? Is it? Is it really about the candidates and the ideas or is, do you think there'll be a deeper platform at some point? There will be a deeper platform as we build out the party. And, uh, you know, we're going to do that democratically. Uh, we're not just going to unilaterally throw out a platform. You know what I mean? So uh, the forward party of Minnesota just might look a lot different than the forward party of California, just like the uh, Republican party of Kentucky looks very different than Larry Hogan's 
Republican Party out there in Massachusetts. So uh, I think we'll take on our own sort of uh, identity. Um, but I would consider a former Bush uh, ethics council. And also uh, when we look at some of the policies that we're putting forth, um, we're capitalists, you know, uh, that alone kind of puts us on the outs of some of the left who yeah. are not in that um, on the, on that same page. So, you know, I, I would consider us to not be a left leaning spoiler party at all. Um, you know, I would I would definitely consider us to be more center right as most independent parties are. Uh, wrapping up here about Forward Party Minnesota, John Denny's my guest on Sunday Take. Ranked choice voting. I've been clear in my view that ranked choice voting is confusing. It kind of clusters people. It creates a different dialogue about issues. Um, why ranked choice voting? And um, we don't have it statewide. Uh, and there's a good reason is both cost of technology and the legislature would have to pass it or we'd have to put it on the ballot and pass it. What is it about ranked choice voting that makes the forward party attracted to it? I think any third party has to be for ranked choice voting almost by default. I mean, if you're not, then you're, you're going to re- lean right into that spoiler narrative, you know. You, I can sit here and say the Democratic Party is spoiling it for us all day, but the reality is you have, uh, you know, a long history of this two-party system, and we're going to need to break through it. The easiest way to do that is through implementing rate choice voting. And the party, Forward Party Nationally, is, is you know, well-connected with all the fair vote, uh, rank choice voting groups around the country, and there's a lot of crossover appeal there, obviously, so... Um, I think ranked choice voting gives third parties a, a really good chance at getting into office uh, other than being, you know, independently wealthy or independently famous, like uh, media people might be. Makes sense. Or like Andrew Yang, right? Or, independently wealthy. Uh, can throw a bunch of money at a race and make himself relevant, but the, he's not the first. He's not going to be the last. That's for sure. Uh, one last question here. When do you expect candidates to be announced? Uh, how are you going to organize? Caucuses have already passed. You have to get major party status. Uh, what's the timeline and how do people, if they're curious, get involved with the Forward Party? You get involved by going to the forwardpartymn.com and uh, signing up at the website there. Or um, as far as candidates go, I'm going to leave that to them to decide when they would announce, but I would assume that we'd be looking at the coming month. Uh, We're not going to wait too long. As far as the party apparatus goes, we are forming a party. And so the legalities of that and when you're considered a political party are sort of, you know, uh, we're at this stage, we are actually a political committee and we become a party after ratifying a constitution, electing a chair, and finishing an election. Um, that's when the Secretary of State's office will recognize us. So caucuses, things like that, you know, that's not going to be, um, you know, part of the part of the equation early on. Okay. John Denny, thanks for joining me on Sunday Take. He's the leader of the Forward Party of Minnesota, and obviously we'll watch it throughout the 2022 election and keep people in the loop. Next up on Sunday Take, 
Ted Jude. He's a Republican. He's running for attorney general. We'll visit with him next. Grab another cup of coffee on News Talk 830-WCCO. Welcome back to Sunday Take. Uh, joining me now, Republican candidate for Attorney General Tad Jude. Uh, Tad Jude's no uh, novice in politics, but he's been on the bench for a number of years. He just recently left uh, being a judge to run for Attorney General, announced his candidacy. Tad, thanks for joining me. Thanks, Lois. Look forward to it. So what, um, you know, I, I, I got to ask, you know, I've watched politics in Minnesota for 30 years, watched you run for Congress, all those things, knew you were a judge. What makes a guy think now's the time to try to be attorney general uh, only in that you know how rough and tumble politics was and it's probably just got more pointed since uh, you were last running for office? I've enjoyed public service and I've enjoyed public service as a judge. Um, We need to restore justice to the attorney general's office and get away from politics. And uh, that's why I'm running. Uh, I believe in all the concepts of liberty and freedom and public safety, peace in our neighborhoods, and uh, trying to restore common sense justice through the attorney general's office. That's, uh, That's what it should be doing. And in fact, if you go back in history, I think every attorney general we've had has run for governor, except our current one who has run for National Democratic Party chair. And that's how he's running the office. So you bring up Keith Ellison, the current attorney general. Obviously, you have to get through the Republican primary before you face off first Keith Ellison or the, the process and the endorsement. Um, Let's start with the field of your opponents. Is there anything, you know, Doug Wardlow was running for quite a while. Dennis Smith was running for a while. Um, Others had gotten in. Is there one reason you thought you were the best Republican to run against Keith Ellison? I'd try to bring balance back to the attorney general's office. But in terms of experience, I've spent the last 10 and 11 years uh, in the courtroom, you know, living and breathing the courtroom. And uh, what we try to do in the courtroom, of course, is, is have a balance. We try to uh, consider uh, the presentations by the prosecution and the defense and uh, come to a decision. And that's what we're trying to do uh, in the race for attorney general. I've got that experience. I've, I've seen jury trials. I've uh, seen dozens and dozens of jury trials and just living and breathing, trying to find a solution to problems that come into the courtroom and in a path forward. And that's what we need to do in the attorney general's office. We need to just get back to public safety, peace in our neighborhoods, and common sense justice. Um, one of the things about this race, about today's environment, about Republican politics right now is this idea that, you know, how do we deal with crime? How do we deal with justice? As a judge, you have to deal with it. But let's look back just over a year ago in January 6th. Some of your Republican opponents this week made some comments about people who were involved in the January 6th protest, insurrection, whatever you want to call it at the Capitol, and the fact that they were heroes. Do you share that view? What do you think? Because you've, you've watched the party evolve. And I, and I think it's really interesting to see how both the Republican Party has evolved and the DFL has evolved. And 
yet we're still here with these big problems that we don't be able to solve. And, and it comes down to sound bites and those kinds of things. But as somebody who's watched the party, what do you have to say about January 6th? And if you were on that panel with your competitors, what would you say to them about the way they kind of wanted January 6th insurrectionists treated like heroes? I see the January 6th, the way I'd see any other case, and that is you wait until you see all the evidence. <laughs> That's, it's hard for people to understand that when you have a, a position uh, going into the courtroom, but I tried to do that as a judge. It's the hardest thing to do as a judge is to keep an open mind until all the evidence is in from both sides. And uh, that's what I tried to do as attorney general. And uh, every case has very unique facts. And that's what I would consider. Uh, everyone has a right to a fair and unbiased speedy trial. Uh, I don't like to see people thrown into the clink and, and forgot. You know, you have a right to a speedy trial, you have a right to know what your charges are, uh, and uh, not wait indefinitely to be sentenced. Uh, and I would look to the Constitution and to the, to the law, basically, and enforce the law. Uh, we need to have the rule of law. Uh, if you're breaking the law, if you're destroying public property, I mean, that's uh, obviously something you have to be held accountable for. Uh, if you're out there uh, exercising your Concern, free speech rights, uh, that's your right. Uh, so you look at the specific facts. My guest is Ted Judy's a Republican. He's running for attorney general. Are there, you know, the Republicans haven't held the attorney general's office in Minnesota, I don't think in my lifetime. Um, so Are you 55? Uh, no, I'm not quite 55. I have a few okay. more years. So <laughs> not in your life. So there you go. Um, I have a, I have a 50th coming up in a, in three weeks. So there you go. Um, what is it that a, you think you can be the first Republican in 50 plus years to hold the office and what would you do different than Keith Ellison? I'd look at justice, not politics. Our attorney general is, is hyper-partisan. I'd prosecute violent offenders, not defund the police. I think the way the Kim Potter case was handled, just it went off the rails. It started in Hennepin County. It was sent over to Washington County. We had a, an experienced and respected prosecutor working on it. Imran Ali came up with the appropriate charges. Then we had protests. You know, Then we had um, civil attorneys asking for higher charges. Uh, and it, all of a sudden it went back to Hennepin County. All of a sudden it went up to the attorney general's office. That isn't the way we should have justice in Minnesota. We need to have an even-handed, I believe, unbiased, nonpartisan approach to criminal prosecution. And that's something I, I believe very strongly in. I look at accountability from the attorney general's office. It shouldn't be for sale. We've had Michael Bloomberg implant attorneys in the attorney general's office. That would stop under my watch. Um, we'd look at nonprofits differently, looking at feeding for our feeding our future. Uh, yeah. The problem over there, uh, that has to be investigated. We need to have accountability there. Um, instead of suing the little sisters of the poor, I'd try to help, help the poor, giving them a helping hand. 
Uh, we need safe homes, cars, and neighborhoods. That's what I'd work for. As you look at this in the office, you talk about uh, crime, you talk about nonprofits. Consumer protection is a big part of the office. It has been historically. Would that stay a priority if you're attorney general? Uh, absolutely. And one of the things that uh, I, I'm personally concerned about are all the products that are being manufactured that people can't self-serve anymore. I, I mean, it seems like there's a monopoly on trying to repair products that if you're a farmer, uh, you can't take care of your tractor out in the field anymore. You have to go back to the manufacturer. And I, 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 that has to change. I mean, we have to have the ability to self-serve uh, the products that we're buying. And, and that's one of the concerns I'd have. One bipartisan issue with different solutions is dealing with big tech. Is there a role for a state attorney general in holding big tech accountable in any manner? Uh, absolutely. And I'd work with attorney generals in other states, obviously the Department of Justice, and uh, see what we could do to make sure that that people have the right to what I consider to be essential privacy of their own data and ownership of their own data. Uh, and that's something that shouldn't be just out the window. Final question, Tad. Tad Jude's my guest. He's running for attorney general. Uh, appreciate him joining here on Sunday Take. Election integrity is an issue that has many spokes, many narratives, but we have a history of great turnout here in Minnesota. Not a lot of questions about our elections. Do you trust our election system in Minnesota? And if you're Attorney General and Steve Simons, the Secretary of State, uh, are you his lawyer and do you support the way in which he's run elections? I would do my job. Uh, my job would be to enforce the law, enforce the Constitution. And um, election integrity is an ongoing issue. Every election, uh, you have to look at election integrity. And and we've had cases in Minnesota. I mean, we had a case where they were registering voters out of a warehouse in Minneapolis. And uh, that was a case in Hennepin County. Um, I, I remember the legislator that was defeated <laughs> through that process. And and she had uh, served with me years ago and, and had talked about having buses going to apartment buildings and yeah. having somebody stationed up at the polling place to verify uh, they lived in the apartment building and all that. And, uh, you know, what kind of comes around goes around. And uh, we need to constantly look at election integrity. Now, I do support voter ID. I, I support voter ID. And that's just, uh, I think, a, a common sense uh, situation where you go to check out library books. Usually, you have to have a vote, you have to have an ID, uh, and that's just uh, the right to vote is, uh, is something I treasure, uh, and it has to be uh, it, it has to be guarded as well. Sounds good, Ted. Thanks for joining me. I know we'll talk down the line here on Sunday Tech. Thanks, Blaze. When we come back, we're going to talk to Latricia Vitoff. She's the new. Minneapolis City Councilor from the North Side. North Side's had a lot more violence in the last week, including the death of a 15-year-old. What does she hear from parents? What does she hear from the community? Because she ran on supporting law enforcement. What does law enforcement need on the North Side? I'm Blaise Olson. You're listening to Sunday Take.
Joining me for the final cup of coffee this Sunday morning is Latricia Vita. She's a Minneapolis City Council member. She's relatively new there. She won uh, and defeated Philippe Cunningham in the last election. Uh, and I'm glad she's coming on Sunday Take to talk about what we're all talking about is what's going on in the city of Minneapolis and uh, where's the hope, as Chad Hartman said on Friday. Latricia, council member, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me, Blois. Let's just start with um, you got elected talking about law enforcement in Minneapolis in a different way than your opponent, kind of where what the north side needed, uh, what kids needed, what families needed on the north side. You are five weeks into serving in the city council, uh, multiple uh, shootings on the north side this week, including Deshaun Hill being killed. Just let's start with from the campaign to today, what's the mood? What's What are the neighbors talking about? What are the mothers and fathers talking about? And where where do you think the energy is best spent by you and others who are really trying to help on the north side? So I, I would just say, um, you know, the mood is uh, is sad. People are heartbroken on the north side. You know, we had this this feeling of hope after the election. You know, we were all talking about change and something different. And the uh, Department of Public Safety amendment was defeated. And it, it failed here on the north side because people here have always talked about wanting police. And so, um, you know, with this this shooting of Deshaun Hill, the murder of Deshaun Hill and the shooting of the school bus driver this week, folks are hurting. I'm, I'm out talking to people. I'm, um, you know, getting calls and emails and, and people are hurting. It's it's really a sad time. You know, I say all the time, the North side is like a small town. We're all family over here. And so when one of our families is hurting, we're all hurting. And that's, that's what's happening. There are proposals in the legislature. There's talk at city hall. There's a lot of ideas on how to deal with guns and youth. And what those of us who aren't on the North side, we're watching, we're talking, we're texting, we're trying to figure this out, but we, we, I, I have no, as they say, street cred on the North side. Right. right. So, so if I was there and I was living there and I, or I was a parent there whose kid was caught up in gangs or drugs or guns, what am I asking for? What am I trying to do to get my kid off this path of shooting another kid or getting caught in crossfire or what, what is it that parents are looking for and wanting on the North side? I mean, you know, even when we're not having shootings as often as we have been, it seems like for the past year or so parents are looking for more resources for their kids. They're looking for after-school programs. They're looking for sports. They're looking for, um, jobs, you know, employment opportunities. And the parents are looking for support themselves, you know, the housing, uh, food insecurities. Those are some of the things that families on the North side are dealing with. And so uh, what, that, that's, that's one of the, the things that I love about us. We pull our resources together and we, we try to 
make um, the best happen out of those resources. But yeah, parents are parents are looking for support. Parents are looking for opportunity uh, for their children. You know these families. You know these parents. You know these kids. You've watched them grow up. You've known their families. Where where is the okay? Let's just think about sports because Deshaun Hill was involved in sports, and maybe you know as we learn more about his murder, we'll learn if it was a wrong place, wrong time, if this was some sort of retaliation. I who knows, but. Job, sports, housing, how can we break the cycle quickly? Or let me ask it a different way. If law enforcement could do something, if we could bring more police in to be present or kind of, you know, do the investigations to solve these crimes faster, what is it that, you know, list three things that you would ask the mayor, the governor, maybe even President Biden for tomorrow to stop it so we could hopefully turn this trend around? So the first thing I would ask, you know, I would call on state, local, uh, national leaders to do is come together and actually talk about the problem. Talk about the kind of crimes we're seeing. I think they all need to be seen different and treated different and approach differently. So the first thing I would do is ask for all of us to come together, stakeholders, these parents, these same parents you're talking about, these young people that we're talking about, we need to hear from them and figure out what it is that they need. So come together, acknowledge that it's actually an issue. That That's another big thing. I'm kind of uh, talking about this a little bit more, but uh, we need to acknowledge that it's a problem. We have to like say it. And, and be willing to deal with community violence that's happening in our neighborhood. Um, the second thing would be, um, you know, we need to really think about like how we disperse our resources to our families. Like how do we use this in the way that they need it and not the way that we want them to have it. We, I, I feel like there's so many programs and initiatives that get put in place yep. that don't really address what people are saying they need from us. So again, that communication is key when we talk about um, changing these things. And I think, you know, as far as law enforcement goes, one of the things we can do as um, leaders is really think about where the hotspots are. Like we need extra policing in those hotspots. There are areas in North Minneapolis where so many of these things happen. We need we need the 21 Days of Peace initiative back when that was happening over the summer at those hotspots. We saw a huge decrease in crime and people just standing around. Uh, you know, certain businesses in certain areas in North Minneapolis. So it's definitely an all hands on deck approach, but it really is about talking to the people uh, who live in this community and hearing them and seeing them and like just acknowledging that there is a problem. My guest is Latricia Vita. She's a Minneapolis city council member. She represents the North side and she's just starting her first term. We're talking about Where's the hope in Minneapolis, as Chad Hartman eloquently asked on Friday. Um, Councilmember, there's a floated new concept in the last week of a new public safety department, um, similar, but with different details, and we still don't know all of them. 
but you know, the council, your colleagues knew some of them are new. A lot of them are new. Some of them have been there a while. Um, the debate gets distracting of what do we need in law enforcement in Minneapolis when the reality is we need to stop crime and we need to hold people accountable and we need these resources. What's your thoughts on another debate or another proposal to, you know, create a new department of public safety in Minneapolis? So I, um, you know, one of my colleagues, uh, reintroduced this, um, Department of Public Safety. And I said to him that I'm not willing to rehash what happened all of last year. The the issue of safety divided us. And I think it was because of the ballot initiative, you know, that failed. Uh, The people of Minneapolis said that they didn't want a Department of Public Safety. And even to do it now, it has to go through the council, through the Charter Commission, through the mayor. And then I believe there still has to be Um, signatures collected. I want to do the work that can actually happen. Like this is, we are in a crisis. I don't want to spend any more time working on um, trying to, or wasting time trying to build something that people have already said they don't want. Latricia Vita is my guest. We're talking about the North side. Um, if people want to help, where would they go? Would they call your office? What would they do? Um, and I don't offer that up to people in politics very often or elected officials. But but I will say the last 10 days have been exhausting. And um, I know for me, I talk a lot. I write a lot. But, you know, I think the the solution-mindedness from those of us who don't live there and don't understand, but have to comment is that we have to learn. So I hope to visit you as we did before the campaign. You said where we were going to have a cocktail in the ward. So in the next few weeks, I'll come have a, a coffee or a cocktail and we'll talk more. But where, what do people, what is the resource, what can the community use from outside the neighborhood? So my office is here. You know, I'm a resource any day of the week. Our community is hurting. The North side is heartbroken heard heartbroken is really it's not even strong enough for how people are feeling so i'm here for the community at my ward office downtown wherever folks need me to be yesterday i put my cell phone number on my um official social media pages so families and folks know how to reach out and contact me and whomever i can put them in contact with you know it's it's really hard it is really hard right now people are hurting people want this to stop it's got to stop our babies are crying out for help they're dependent on us they need us more than ever right now sounds good i know we'll talk more in the months and years to come councilman vita thanks for joining me on sunday take thank you if it's sunday at 9 a.m on cco it's sunday take it's been a long 10 days you can Go to WCCORadio.com. You can hear uh, my comments on 9 to noon. Uh, you can listen to the forum we did on the healthcare worker shortage this week. Uh, and if you just caught the end of this, uh, you can go there and hear from the forward party, Republican candidate for Attorney General Tad Jude, or the full interview with, with Latricia Vita. Follow Morning Take on Twitter and Facebook and sign up at fluence-newsletters.com. I'm Blaise Olson. We'll talk again over coffee next week on News Talk 830 WCCO. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.